Hello and welcome in once again to Matt and the Mike. This is episode number 10, the episode you guys have all been waiting on. I asked you guys a couple weeks ago to, um, I want to do something special for my 10th episode. So I've done a few top 10 lists already and it's something that I really like to do. So I told you guys, you know, to hit me up on Matt and the Mike the Facebook, hit me up wherever you could. You know, if you know me personally, just, you know, reach out to me, what have you. And you guys did, and I, I got a really good idea for a show that I'm, I'm going to do for you guys tonight. Um, and, a, and a big shout out to uh, to the guy who gave me the idea for the show, Jeremy Kreitz. He's a guy that I've known for a very long time. Uh, I've been friends with him since, uh, I believe, elementary school. Um uh, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a big supporter of the show. He supports my buddy's podcast as well. Uh, the couch thoughts podcast, uh, it's a couple guys I used to do one with, uh, and he's just, uh, he's always giving me feedback and stuff and I, I appreciate him and I wanted to do a list for him today. Um, there's a lot of NCAA football or NCAA basketball. I mean, a lot of tourney news to, to get to that I might not get to in this show because I'm, I'm planning on doing another show later on this week uh whenever the 16 is completely set at the end of tonight i plan on doing a a top 16 bracket again uh my bracket's doing okay uh i've still got all of my final four is still alive uh, so far um so so that's good 16 i've still got four left i've actually got a decent bit of my eight left there were some there were some losses some bad ones that i had but that's just, that's why they call it madness, right? But uh, nearly didn't get to the show <laughs> for you guys tonight because I, I okay, so last year I got rid of my PlayStation 4. It's, you know, it's just one of those times where, like, I really wasn't playing it a whole lot and I wasn't getting a, whole, a chance to play it a whole lot. And at the time, like, you know, I was going through some stuff and it was just easier just to get rid of it. It would just help me out more to just you know, get some money out of it and get rid of it. But like, I'm in a much better place now. I come home yesterday and like my girlfriend is just amazing. I come home yesterday from work, long day of work, finally get to the weekend and I find a PlayStation 4, you know, waiting on me when I got home with, with the note and everything. Uh, so just, so I, that's what I've been doing. I've been playing, I actually bought a couple games. I bought NBA Live for which I thought was 2K19 at first. I uh, didn't really pay a whole lot of attention. I just saw that it was like on sale, so I bought it for like four dollars. But so I've been playing NBA Live for like the last hour. So it's actually a pretty fun game. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I can cover a little bit of that too. I've, I was always a, a live fan, and then and then it, it kind of got terrible. And so like 2K has been great. Whenever I've had the 2k games the basketball games they've been great um but live so far has been pretty fun uh definitely worth four dollars or whatever like i don't i mean i think that 2k on there's only like 20 so so i mean that's that's the deal too i might end up getting it too uh i'm more focused on uh mlb the show the new one coming out so i'm definitely going to be getting it and then i'll be i might do a little review of that do some uh, sports video games reviews, stuff like that. Um, that's something that I figure a lot of you guys might be interested in. But uh, just, yeah, shout out to my awesome girlfriend. She's amazing. Uh, staying up, playing the PlayStation instead of uh, 
sleeping and I was like, oh yeah, I got a podcast to do. So <laughs> got it on pause for the moment. Might cut it off. Depends on how long this podcast runs. But the idea that I was given for this podcast was uh, top 10 comebacks in sports history is I believe the way it was uh, intended. So now I did this. I put my own little spin on this because for me, it can't just be like, say you're down a certain amount and you come back and win. I don't think that necessarily fits all of what I want to do with it. So what I did was, is I made the top 10 comebacks and I, and I put them in order of importance. So if you got a, a 10 point comeback in a championship game, I think that's more important than a 30-point comeback in in a regular season game. So that's how I ranked them. Um, So I guess without further ado, I don't think I have anything else left to to get to you guys uh, before I do the top 10 countdown. So without further ado, I'll do my top 10 countdown of the greatest sports comebacks in history. Now, at number 10 on my list, this one... Isn't a professional sport. Um, it's it's not the top dogs, but it's such a such a fascinating story, and one that I've heard about you know throughout my life a good bit because this happened in 1994. So I was around six years old whenever this happened, and it's a it's a high school football game between Plano East and John Tyler. And now these are two. This is a playoff game. And this is 5A football in the state of Texas. And if you know anything about 5A football in the state of Texas, it's it's the real deal. Like this this game had 20,000 people in attendance. So games like this in the state of Texas, high school football is the real deal. Now let's set it up for you. All right, this is a crazy game. So Plano East versus John Tyler High School. I mean, it's considered the best game in high school sports, I believe, ever. Everything that I've ever heard seems to point to that direction. So, the lead in this game is John Tyler led the game 41-17 to with three minutes to go in the football game. <laughs> Just think about that for a second. So, what sets it up is with two, two fumbles... Two back-to-back strip fumbles that led to TDs uh, that put the score at 41-17. to and, and so this is the reason it makes the list. You're looking at 41-17, three to go. Um, so they get they get this, this. This is so wild, too. They get, they get it back with three straight onside kicks and TDs, like a 70-yard drive and then two straight, I think, six-play drives after that. So they do all that, and they end up going up by three. So the score then is 44-41. So Plano East comes all the way back and uh, and takes the lead. But then enter the crazy part. And this is a reason. This does, does make my list. So John Tyler gets the they, – they, Plano East, instead of like pooching the kick with 11 seconds left, decide to kick it all the way down to John Tyler. Guy takes the ball. With 11 seconds left, all the way back for a touchdown, and the comeback is spoiled. So, it makes number 10 on my list, 
even though the comeback wasn't complete. And if you've never, if you've got five minutes in your day to YouTube Plano East versus John Tyler, please look that up because, man, it's it's just so incredible. And then like all that work to come back, and it just it just goes away to nothing. So number ten on my list, Plano East, and their near comeback versus John Tyler High School in the Texas 5A semifinal game in 1994. Moving along to number nine on my list is just a single man comeback. And this is one of those ones from when I was, this happened in 2007. So when I was, you know, this is 2009, 12 years ago. I mean, I'm high school, into my high school here. So this was a huge deal at the time, social media, though, wasn't what it is today. But this is the Tracy McGrady, 13 points in 33 seconds against the against the San Antonio Spurs. And he's guarded at the time by Bruce Bowen, who, if you guys remember, Bruce is one of the best, best, um, best defensive players, one of the best defensive players that, that I've ever seen. I mean, Kobe Bryant even talks about the level of intensity it was playing against Bruce Bone and how hard it was to score on the guy. So T-Mac, they're down at this point 76 to 76 to 68. Okay, so good solid defensive game going on. Uh, 33 seconds left. There's actually about 40 seconds left on the clock. T-Mac hits his first shot, and it's uh, 76 to 71. So he cuts it within five there, but the Spurs come back and they end up scoring four points in a stretch. But every time T-Mac touches the ball, he scores a three and he gets fouled on one. So one's a four point play and he ends up hitting this miracle shot. Another three at the end, they stun him 81 to 80. It's just to, to imagine a guy scoring that many points in, in that little time, you know, to, to, I mean, you might not see that again. So that's why I'd like, to me, this was so incredible. And that's why I put it at number nine on my list. <clears throat> and, and like I said, I'm going to put these in, uh, in order of significance. So this was a regular season game, but it is very significant because of the amount of points he scored in 40 seconds. So number nine on my list is Tracy McGrady and his epic 13 points. They call it 13 and 33. 13 points in 33 seconds against the San Antonio Spurs to actually get the win. At number eight on my list is one that, you know, I actually never heard of before this. And it's amazing because this happened in 2006 and I was, I mean, I had to be knee deep in college football. I mean, I love college football. College sports in general are the most exciting sports there is, if you ask me. And this one I hadn't heard of. So it's Michigan State football in 2006 against Northwestern, and they they're down 38 to three, 38 to three, with nine to go in the third quarter. So they cut it to 38 to 17 uh, by the fourth. They had a they had a touchdown, I think an interception, and then they had another touchdown right before the fourth quarter. So it's 38 to 17 going into the fourth. But they were down 35 at one point. So if you're down 35 points, the other team has been slaughtering you most of the game. 
but in the fourth quarter, it it all it all comes away again. Like it all just falls apart for Northwestern because uh, they have a punt block for a touchdown, puts it up thirty eight twenty four, and then two straight touchdown drives after punts from Northwestern, and and they tied it up at thirty eight, and then one last interception, one last failed attempt by Northwestern, uh, it, and it sets up. I think 11 play, just all runs for Michigan State. At this point, they're just on a roll. And then they set them up for the field goal, and they kick the game winner. This is another one that when I was doing some research, I was just, like, infatuated with the with the score. Because, I mean, like, most of us, we see a game. If we're switching, if you're just switching through the channels and you see a game that's 38-3, uh, to three, are you going to stop and watch that game? No, probably not. But there are games like this, and this is why a lot of times I'll still watch for a little bit and see if I see any signs of life. Because it's it's one of the reasons I got so excited about doing this, uh, doing this podcast, is because I love comeback stories. I love the underdog. Um, so that's a good one. That's a good one to go go back and look. Like, because like I said, I love sports, and I never heard of this one. So number eight on my list is Michigan State football rallying back from 38 to three to beat Northwestern 2006. Now we finally get into some uh, playoffs. Now I know the number 10 on my list was technically a playoff game, but the, uh, the attempted comeback actually fell back short, fell short. So I kept them at 10 on my list, but number seven on my list, it's Miller time. One of my favorite players growing up, I mean, he's probably the reason that when I play basketball, I play it the way that I do. Um, I like to jaw a little bit. I like to talk a little smack while I'm playing basketball. And I love to shoot the three. And that is all because of Reggie Miller. Uh, when he was, when I was really little, there wasn't him and like Shaquille O'Neal. Like those were the two guys until Kobe Bryant came in the league. But Reggie Miller, he was just like, I just thought he was the best three-point shooter I've ever seen, you know, at, at a young age. And still to this day, he's one of the best ones. Now, there's a lot that goes into this because um, it's much like the Tracy McGrady one, but it's it's there's more to it. So the, this is game one of the East semifinals in Madison Square Garden, you know. And in this one, it's actually pretty close because he scores he scores six points. No, he scored eight points. Never mind. In I believe it was eighteen seconds, eighteen point seven seconds. I think is what it was. So Reggie hits a three in the garden, and then on the inbounds pass, they they can't find a guy in. Reggie may have pushed off a little bit there, <laughs> stole the ball. Runs right back to the three-point line, knocks down another one. Uh, so they're down. I believe they were. They were. Yeah, they were down six. Okay, so he tied it up at that point after the two quick threes, and and then on the other end, they get uh, John Starks gets fouled. Okay, you know, and this whole time that this is going on, Reggie is just jawing at uh, Spike Lee who is famous for setting in all the New York games and just jawing at him the whole time. And this is what I love about Reggie. 
And so John Starks gets fouled. He goes and misses two free throws. So the game's still tied. And then on the other end, guess who gets to shoot the free throws for the Pacers? It's Reggie Miller. And, of course, it is Miller time. And he's jawing the whole time that he's shooting the free throws. And he sinks both of his. And he's famous for running out the locker room, running down the ramp, um, calling the New York Knicks choke artists while he's uh, – he's, you can see him on the court. There's famous pictures of him uh, grabbing his throat, doing the choking sign towards the New York Knicks, towards Spike Lee. So this is like an iconic comeback for me, and it's a uh, and it's fascinating. He still scored eight points in six, eighteen seconds. So number seven on my list, Miller time. Now number six on my list here is one that. I have no idea how I'd not heard of this game either. Uh, this is, and this is the Bills Oilers. It's a wild card game. I didn't get the year on this. I was early '90s, but I I didn't see the exact year. Um, and this one is the largest comeback in in NFL history. This is a thirty-two point deficit uh, because the the Oilers had led. 28 to 3 at half. They score quickly after the half, make it 35 to 3 uh, after the beginning of the third. And now here's the the thing about this game is at the time Jim Kelly was the Bills quarterback who was not in the game. He was hurt. So a guy named Frank Wright, who you guys may have heard of uh, recently, was in for him. So you're down 35 to 3, very similar to the Michigan State game, but this one's on a larger scale. And Frank Reich just just balls out. He goes four TD passes, and then there's a rushing touchdown to lead the Bills all the way back. And it's so much more impressive that Jim Kelly wasn't in there because of the caliber quarterback that he was. So, yeah, that's – I mean, there's not a whole lot else <laughs> that you can say about that one. It's just 32 points. The Oilers choked. Uh, they – they did. They just. They just gave up. I don't. They were playing prevent. I don't know what happened. They just were giving up big chunks and big chunks and big chunks. And Frank Wright just tore them up. They come back down from thirty-five to three with five touchdowns in the second half, and they actually, um, actually believe that the Oilers did stop them at one point, but the Bills still got a chance for a last-second field goal, I believe, and won the game. That's how it did. That's another one, though, that if you haven't heard of that, seen it, it's pretty amazing to watch. You know, Bill's Oilers isn't really a game that's going to be, especially without a, without a star quarterback in it like Jim Kelly was, uh, wouldn't have been wouldn't have been the greatest, uh, wouldn't be the most watched game today, I don't think. But pretty fascinating story there if you haven't heard of that one. So it made my list at number six. Uh, the number five one on my list is another one that I had not heard of, uh, because for one reason, I was never huge into hockey. I've gotten a lot more into it here in the last couple of years. Um, I was always a stars fan growing up and I really liked uh, playoff hockey, but I did not remember this. I really didn't. It might've been at a period of my time where a period of my life where I'd wasn't just watching a lot of hockey. This was in 2010. Uh, 
It's Philadelphia Flyers, so, you know, I probably wasn't watching them anyway. So, now, they're in a, and and here we go into the upper echelon, I believe, of comebacks, because this is the Philadelphia Flyers in 2010, and they're playing in the Eastern Conference quarterfinals against the Boston Bruins. So, yeah, two cities I'm not, you know, too fond of with sports teams right there anyway. But, here's what makes it crazy. They're down 3-0 in the series. And if the one thing that I've always wanted to happen was for an NBA team to go down 3-0 and come back and win. I've always dreamed that that's going to happen in the NBA. Don't know if it ever will. But it. so like when I read this story... I'm like so fascinated already because I see that 3-0 mark and I'm like, okay, here we go. This is incredible. So they come down from 3-0. It's hard in any sport. <laughs> okay, don't get me don't get me wrong. It's not just a basketball thing. It just seems like that it can't happen in basketball for whatever reason. So they're down three nothing. They come all the way back, slow and steady. They tie the thing up. But then here's the kicker. They get to game seven. They they claw their way all back all the way back and get to game seven, and then they fall down in that game, three to nothing as well. <laughs> down three to nothing in the game, coming back from a three zero deficit in the series, and they come back and win in the game and score four 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 goals in that game. I, I, this is incredible. So, I guess the first time that someone had come back from 3-0 since the 75 Islanders. It had happened before, but like the magnitude that they did it, coming back 3-0 and then coming back from 3-0 in the Game 7 definitely solidifies the 2010 Philadelphia Flyers into my number 5 spot on the greatest comebacks of all time. Oh boy. As we move into number 4... <laughs> Man, oh man. It's a team that I'm not too um, high on as well. So, but I had to put them here. The number four on my list is the Patriots. Coming back a couple Super Bowls ago, uh, down 28-3 to against the against the Atlanta Falcons. They came back and they, they won it. Uh, I mean, they, they just did. And, and it, was, it was incredible to me. Is as much of a great comeback as this is for the Patriots, and I try not to take away a lot from the team. I know that they've been scandal after scandal, and now even their owners in some sort of weird hey, bought a prostitute scandal or whatever. But they they did it, and a lot of this I put on Atlanta too because if you watch that game, which I did not watch the second half of that game, uh, I honestly I. I kind of don't like watching the Patriots play in the Super Bowl. And when I saw Atlanta go up by that much, I really didn't want to sit and watch it. I thought, you know, it's probably over. So I didn't watch the rest of the game. I did talk to one of my friends who's a Patriots fan. He called me <laughs> at halftime. And I told him, I was like, look, you're down by a lot, but just get a touchdown or two. I mean, they're the Patriots, man. Like, I didn't really lose hope in them. I was like, you know, get get a touchdown or two. 
and you get it close and you might have a shot at the end, you know? I was like, don't don't lose hope. And he was like, no, nah, it's over. It's over, man. But indeed was not over. So the Patriots come back just slow and steady. I mean, every time they got the ball, they just put together a little drive. They they got closer and closer. And it seemed like time was standing still for the Atlanta Falcons. And then they get the ball and they just they just seemed you know, anemic. They just they didn't know what to do at that point. I think they were maybe surprised themselves that they were up so much. But the Patriots did come back, and they set up Tom Brady, and he he won it again. And he won it also this year. Oh, joys of sports. But that puts him at number four on my list. There's nothing I can do about it. It was in a Super Bowl game, so, I mean, it was incredible. It was also one of the the greatest choke jobs in sports history. If I was to do a top ten list on that, you Falcons would be right up there. All right, so moving from Boston to Boston, <laughs> at number three on my list, the Red Sox. Now, I don't dislike the Red Sox as much as I dislike the Pats. Um, being a Cubs fan, uh, I was very, very happy for Red Sox Nation when they finally broke the streak uh, because at that point in my life, us Cubs were – Enduring what we didn't realize was going to be, you know, another 10 years. But we actually probably thought it was going to be a lot longer. Being a Cubs fan, that's the way you grow up. You believe you're going to. Um, I was raised to think that I would never win a championship as a Cubs fan. I would never get to experience them winning a championship as a Cubs fan. I mean, um, so the Red Sox make this list at number three for their comeback against the Yankees. Um, now this one was impressive to me, um, at the time, the year before, now, if you guys, hopefully you guys know which one I'm talking about. The one they come back from down three Oh, in this series against the Yankees, against the, the heated rivalry Yankees against, you know, the team that they get up in the morning to hate. So, the year before, also, the Yankees knocked them out of the playoffs on a walk-off home run, I believe, by Aaron Boone is the one who hit that one. So, they come in. The Red Sox come in as the wild-card team. The Yankees have won the division. Um, and then, you know, here we go. And it didn't. It didn't. It didn't just happen easily for them, you know. They got the Red Sox got blown out in Game Three, and it, and it looked like it looked like that was it, you know. Uh, and and then it took them twelve innings, fourteen innings, in a couple games to to get them. But then that last game, and it, it was it was incredible because like once you once they clawed their way back. And you could see it, you know, you could see the momentum swing. And that's something cool about baseball. It seems like the momentums do swing like that in series. Um, and, and once you get to that last game, it's just like nobody thought the Yankees were going to win that game seven. After everything Boston had been through the year before and then clawing their way back in this series to come out and they, they just they just ran them over. They, they slaughtered them. It was 10-3 to three was the final from game seven. And the Red Sox, yeah, yeah, put it together, beat the Yankees. 
that's number three on my list. Uh, Red Sox over over Yankees coming back from three zero. Um, I cannot remember the exact year of that was that two thousand. Got to be two thousand eight, maybe. No, I don't want to say year the seven, eight, six, somewhere in that area. There was a lot of Red Sox rivalry at that point in point in time. Um, so can we move away from Boston for now? I would like to move away from Boston on my list. Um, and I want to go to a team that I am a fan of at number two on my list, 108 years of heartache, misery, and we're never going to win it. Well, in 2016, we did win it and we did it in, in, in a way that the only the Cubs could do, the 2016 Chicago Cubs and their championship run is my number two comeback of all time on my list. Because look, when you have you gotta you gotta understand as something as a Cubs player or a fan. I don't understand as a player, but I'd I'd have to I'd have to imagine that they feel they met the Indians. For the first time in postseason history, okay, and they go down three to one to that team. They really didn't look. The Cubs looked inferior. They looked like they were younger, which they were. They looked like they were just hacking away at all the pitches that were coming. They were inexperienced in the in the playoffs, and it looked like you know what they had a good run, but this is it. And 108 years, all that pressure. It's too much for these young kids. But it wasn't, and, and down to down three to one in a series which had been one to one. Okay, so they're they're one to one in the series, and then they lose two in a row. And these aren't really blowouts. Um, I mean, game one was it was a six zero game, and then and then there was a three one game, and then. Seven to two, then three to two. So the Cubs were not scoring. I mean, it just wasn't happening. But look, the young kids down three one, 108 years without a championship to claw your way to to do what you got to do to win and to keep hope alive the way that they did makes this in, incredibly epic. Listen, as a Cubs fan. That last game had a rain delay in it, right? I was so scared because um, Ross Chapman had had throw a pitch. They put him out there on um, almost no rest. You know, he back to backs, and they just they just kept feeding him. They wanted him to close the game. He gave up a home run, and it was going to send it to extras. And man, I I turned the TV because like. We had it. We had the game locked up. I was like, this is it. Oh my God, this is it. The Cubs, we're going to celebrate. You know, Chicago's going to get burned to the ground tonight. Like, this is going to be the most insane thing that ever happened in sports history. And and then it just started slipping away. And you're like, we're cursed. We were really cursed. Like, it's going to happen. And I literally could not watch. Like, I couldn't. I couldn't watch. I literally, I missed the very end of that game. I was following on my phone, but I couldn't watch with my eyes. That that that's how much pressure uh, you know, like that's how much anxiety was on me as a Cubs fan. 
Now, as soon as I saw us go up and and, the, and the, it was going to happen, I turned it immediately back on. And, you know, I called people I knew. Like, I was just, you know, like, I grew up a Cubs fan. So, you know, it was just every year. I did, I did not expect it. And so, 108 years and down 3-1 and to come back like that against a really good Cleveland team, that's... That's it for me. There is no, you know, I, I have one more that I could put ahead of this, and it was just by a slight margin. The number two on my list, the 2016 Chicago Cubs. Number one on my list, a lot of people is going to be a little upset about because people hate this guy for, you know, anything he does and everything he does. And I understand criticism, but, I mean, the man's done uh, so much and he doesn't deserve all of it so my number one on my list are the cleveland cavaliers coming back from three to one i'm making up for it cleveland indians the Cavs came back three one this is the same year by the way three to one down to the golden state warriors and we all know that the warriors are just dominant they have these they just get a new all-star every single year at this period in time, uh, they didn't right before they got Durant, but man, I mean, the Cavs were done. You're down three to one against one of the best shooting teams of all time. And LeBron James, Kyrie Irving as well, but LeBron James really, really put that team on his back. Uh, they got a, some would say lucky break with Draymond Green being suspended for, Game five, they allowed the Cavs to to win that game, but you know what? He was there in game seven, and they still won in Oracle. So you had your shot. Now he was. This was the first time in Finals history, also, as LeBron led the team in points. Not not the team. Never mind. He led everyone in points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. Every category. He let them all in it. So, I mean, and the Cavs got destroyed in game one and two. Uh, I mean, they they got destroyed game one, game two. And then, I mean, these. so they, they didn't look like they had enough. But, I mean, if there's any time that LeBron to put a team on his back, this was, this was, this was then. And he had the chase down block on Iguodala, which is which is legendary, you know. So that puts it at number 1 on my list. I mean, there's not a whole lot to say. I I'm like I'm like so amped up over the over the Cubs thing. I feel like I should just put them number 1 just because just because I can. It's my list. I should do it if I want to. But I won't. I'll leave the Cavs number 1 down 3-1 coming back winning with the epic clutch shot from Kyrie Irving. Uh over Curry, I believe that's who was guarding. Yeah, I think Steph was guarding him at the point. Yeah. So that's number one on my list. I'll run back through uh, through them for you guys like I usually do. I usually go back through and count down my top ten. And look, hey, I made a show where I broke, uh, I broke the 30-minute mark all by my lonesome. Must be getting used to getting used to hearing my own voice. All right. We're going to run back through them one more time. 
my top 10 list for the greatest comebacks of all time in sports history. At number 10, Plano East, and they're very, very, very close, but fail to come back on John Tyler High School in Texas 5A. At number 9 on my list is Tracy McGrady. His 13 points in 33 seconds to oust the San Antonio Spurs. Number 8 is Michigan State football in 2006, defeating Northwestern after being down 38-3. to And number 7, it's Miller time. Reggie Miller scores 8 points in the last 18 seconds to beat them choke artist New York Knicks. In number six, the Bills and Oilers is a wild card round game in which the Bills were down 35-3 to at the beginning of the third. Frank Reich rallies four TDs to give them the win. Number five, the Flyers of 2010 who came back not only from 3-0 in a series to tie it up, but they came back from 3-0 in game seven to win the thing. Number four, the Pats and their 25-point comeback. And the, over those choke artists, again, Atlanta Falcons, uh, just incredible. Number three, the Red Sox and their, and their amazing comeback, falling down 3-0 to the New York Yankees, coming back and winning that game in seven, and blowing them out in the last game. Number two, my favorite on the list, the 2016 Chicago Cubs and their epic, epic championship game game and run and through the playoffs the end of the 108 year drought go cubbies number one on my list cleveland cavaliers 2016 lebron james cleveland this is for you and for matt and mike this is matt signing off